HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Academy Opus Cassius, the cheese industry's unique center for professional development. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, this is Diane Stemple on Heritage Radio Network, Cutting the Curd. I'd like to welcome into the studio today Andrew Tarlow. Hello. Hello. And Anna Dunn. Hello. Writers of Oops and Beatrice Tarlow. <laughs> just visiting for the day. Uh, they're writers of the very interesting cookbook, Dinner at the Long Table. As many of my listeners know, Andrew Tarlow is uh, the originator of a Brooklyn restaurant empire, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> Starting at Diner and through Marlowe and Sons and more recently the White Hotel and Reynard. Uh, Anna Dunn is the editor in chief of Diner Journal and also works at many of the restaurants or now just one? Um, I, I uh, stand in bartend at all of them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. For like rotate, like whenever Most they need recently you. Recently at Romans. Yes. She is taking a writing hiatus right now to write her <laughs> crime fiction novel. And in the meantime, she is picking up shifts when we need her. Oh, okay. On Friday, oh. on Friday at Romans. How's that for an answer? Friday at Romans. <laughs> now, wait a second. You said you weren't going to talk. I'm not, but you know when Anna doesn't say it right, I have to kind of get in there and and say it. Oh, okay. So is the writing hiatus, you are taking the hiatus to write? Yeah. To write. Oh, okay. Okay. A crime fiction novel? Yes, I'm working on uh, my first crime fiction novel. Oh, cool. That's something different. Yeah. It's something I've been working on for a while, and it's really... a fun and winding road. Okay. Well, you'll have to come back. I'd like to branch out to oh, crime sure. fiction, too. Great. I'm ready. 
Almost. Okay. Seven more chapters. I want you also to know that we have already the first dibs on the movie rights to this crime okay. fiction. So okay. there's going to be a movie when the book is all done. Oh, so your empire is going to branch out we're into going, movies. We're going into movies. Okay, yeah. great, great. And you can show it at Nighthawk, maybe. We can show yes. it at Nighthawk. With yeah. a special sure. menu. <laughs> Definitely. Whoa, a pop-up menu. menu. Yeah, like it. Definitely. Okay. So, uh, the book. Let's talk about your book. The book. It's quite unusual, I'd say. I'm, I hope that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what was the idea from the beginning? Like, did you set out to do an unusual cookbook, or what were you thinking, and whose idea was it, and who approached whom? So I think, you know, because we've been working on Diner Journal for the last 10 plus years, mm-hmm. we definitely had been thinking about what does it mean to publish stories and what does it mean to like talk about ourselves and what does it mean to publish recipes and think about food in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, to start off for the book, we wanted to try and capture the story and the essence of the restaurants without telling an exact story or an exact recipe book of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of our internal challenges when we set out to make this book. Yeah, I think we wanted to give it a narrative quality, um, something that you maybe you maybe don't read a cookbook start to finish, but you might read this one kind of like follow a longer story mm-hmm. um, it's funny that it is unusual and when we were making it I would kind of walk around bookstores and think oh uh oh like I'm not sure that this <laughs> this book uh, belongs on this cookbook table but um, I guess we're just going to keep putting of, it there yeah going forward <laughs> and find out well, yeah. very soon <laughs> we'll know if it worked or not yeah. um, well just to let uh, my listeners know um, first the book has a long five-page poem. Yes, that's right. And then... Disguised as a list. Right, disguised as a list. And then it goes into um, an excellent history of the whole restaurant written by your wife. Correct. And then it goes into the actual body of the book, which is arranged in sort of complex parties. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we it's um, it's funny. We definitely had a seasonal idea about it, and then we kind of applied certain moments in the t- in the kind of like history of the restaurants and mm-hmm. in kind of like the history of us all kind of creating these things together into the book. So it it is actually a year. It starts on um, the first of or it starts on New Year's Eve, and then it ends on New Year's Eve. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't notice that part. Um, it sounds it's like subtle. the the parties are long rambling affairs with lots of planning and shopping and cooking and more than one person perhaps cooking also. We really wanted people to do this together, to cook mm-hmm. together, to not. Um, kind of like be in the kitchen alone worrying about timing and burning something and putting food on the plate at a certain time. Um, and we were hoping that it would kind of inspire people to do all of these dinners together as a group and mm-hmm. therefore leave the anxiety behind. Oh, good, good. Now, but you guys work in restaurants. So who's coming to the parties? Who's cooking for the parties? Do you often have parties? Uh, we often have parties. Yes. <laughs> That's totally true. We, did, yes. we definitely do have parties. Um, yes. And you cook for them. And we cook for them. I mean, I think owning restaurants, obviously, I work with a lot of people who work in restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity to cook for them and to like host people 
is, you know, it's an amazing thing to cook for the people who cook, right? So, mm-hmm. it's like, how do you host for people who take care of others all the time? So, it's, a, it's an amazing way to give back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we have opportunities like Beatrice's birthday, Bea's birthday, Bea and the Paella, you know, we will invite lots of staff. And, mm-hmm. obviously, Bea knows all those people. But we also like to include other, um, maybe that would normally be a kid's birthday, but how do you include like a whole community into it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the parties sound fun, but it does seem like they're they're populated with a bunch of people you know, who you work with, uh, an assortment of people. Yeah, we're also open. We invite anyone who wants to come. We're not... Uh, <laughs> I'm putting myself yeah, on you, the you, list. You just show up. You, you, there's always another seat. We're not... Uh, that's the one thing about being a restaurant family, you know, uh-huh. there's always more room for people. But to get back to this thing about doing it all together is like... Instead of like having a potluck where everybody cooks alone in a kitchen and then comes to a room and eats together, the cooking is the fun part. It's like the activity. It's the and action. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you learn mm-hmm. from each other and you listen and you help each other. So that's so. Hopefully, people will feel inspired to do that mm-hmm. with, with their people. Okay. I think the other big thing to think take away is I think when people throw dinner parties, it's usually this traditional idea like the host who's doing the cooking is trying to showcase what they know or what they do. Mm-hmm. And the focus is on them. And the idea of the book and the idea of the way we try to write these recipes is that the focus is on the activity of doing it together. Okay. And it's really about taking care of the people who are showing up and making sure that they feel comfortable, not saying, hey, look at me, I know how to make creme brulee. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, for mm-hmm. example, Andrew... Oh, almost always fails at aioli. So that's, it has to be a group effort because he's going to start to make it one way and panic it's halfway be, through. It's going to be bad. Then we're going to need help. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's gonna, all going to come out great in the end. Uh-huh. But you got to do that together. Um, how did you select, uh, are these parties that you've had traditionally over and over again, how did you select the, the exact menus? Um, that is a great question. It took a lot of editing. We mm-hmm. spent a lot of time writing menus. Mm-hmm. Some of them are happening all the time, and some of them are inspired by things we... I mean, they've all been inspired by things we have done. Mm-hmm. Some of them are truly things we do and have done repetitively. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. Not, so, like, meals to mark an event, like a birth or an anniversary, mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. happen over and over again. And then... Yeah. Um, sometimes we'd be we'd remember a dinner we all did together in a parking lot across from diner, and then we'd kind of incorporate that, redo it to do it mm-hmm. again, and to mm-hmm. make it meaningful again was kind of the fun part. Mm-hmm. So they were it's kind of nostalgia, it's like okay. looking back and yeah. recreating. So the people who work with you must love the book. Right? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I've only gotten high fives. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so did you make the recipes any easier for, you know, the normal population of cooks? No. No. Okay. No. Well, I hope they're, I don't think they're very hard. Okay. I think that time is kind of like the most complicated element of them. Right. Um, some of them are long. Yes. Yeah, some of them are mm-hmm. long and they're meant, and in fact, that's meant to kind of like put you at ease a little bit, start something one day, do something to it the next day, mm-hmm. finish it the third day. Um, but I, there's nothing too. There's a couple like you know, kind of compl- complex like mm-hmm. one annulodi uh, recipe that takes some time to like really master and execute. I think. Mm-hmm. But um, but hopefully it's kind of speaks to all levels. Okay. 
Okay. And so people could use it to just make one sure. thing, one main dish yeah, or, yeah. or some of the side dishes. Or put together or, their own thing from totally. the other yeah. ones. Yeah. 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 Or one thing can inspire a whole new menu. Right. Easy. Right. Okay. Now, some of the words in the list poem um, I really loved. I, I, the first one I absolutely loved was spend your life thinking about dinner. Yeah, <laughs> because hang I feel me, like hang out I've, with me often enough. We'll see what that's like. I feel like I've done that. Yeah. That is, you know, what are we going to have for dinner? Like as soon yeah. as you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about it while you're eating lunch. <laughs> Definitely. So I loved that one, and then um, I thought this one was interesting. It says, "Don't follow recipes." Yeah, but you got to buy the book, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, we thought about that a lot, about how to create recipes that allow for the person who's doing them to kind of, like, have their own take, to create their own. You know, we don't really give specific amounts of salt Mm -hmm. or olive oil or Mm -hmm. um, certain other things so that while you're cooking, you're tasting and choosing kind of, like, how you would do it. Mm -hmm. And so I love to read recipes. Do I always follow them? No. Mm. But that's Okay. 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 And it also says never measure. Now, for yeah. baking, I thought you had to measure. Oh, is that not true? Technically, you do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, Depends what kind of baking you want to do. Okay. Maybe measure is a metaphor. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. How long did the poem take, and did you both write it? It took the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we both wrote it because we um, would kind of, in the process of making the book, like say something and then jot it down. Or, and then we sat at a table and said them back and forth to each other for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did some get cut? Did yes. some? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, major edit. Oh, was it longer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. double, no? Mm, a couple more pages, probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And we also wonder if we shouldn't have been edited more. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Did why? Oh, I don't know. You, you know, if you don't want to read it, you don't have to keep going. Right. That's you right. can come back to You can it. pick it up later. Yeah, yeah it's, an it's intro. non-linear. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing is, we've done a couple of events, and I've read an edited version. Where oh. I basically like, looked through and just picked out keywords, and then wrote a new one based on it. It was kind of interesting. Oh, okay. Like as at a book signing? or Yeah, at a book. dinner. At a dinner. Oh. Like a long dinner. Okay. okay. Now, where is the long table? It's right here. It's anywhere you want to be. Is it's there... a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's but a metaphor. is there... There's a long table. I mean, you know... Is we, it at your house? It is at my house. I mean, <laughs> it's also the diner. It's also... Right, right. It's, it's anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's a lovely name. Thank you. We debated that for a long time. Yes. What were the... What was oh, choice two or three? Like, can't even go down that road anymore. <laughs> okay, so um, now... I wanted to call it an agreeable distraction. That was my title. An agreeable Well, now dish. that, I love it, but it doesn't really have much to do sell. with food. <laughs> True. I'm, yeah, I'm always, like, wandering away from the topic. Mm-hmm. Did your editor know what, what he or she was getting into? I think so, because of the magazine. Oh, okay. They were great. Ten Speed um, and Jenny Wapner was our editor, and they were really encouraging mm-hmm. and allowed us a lot of freedom. But there was a sign going on here. Um, Thumbs up. Oh, okay. I did, love those guys. Did they, um, how much did they edit? Did they? Um, they were really helpful in technical ways. So things that I really didn't see while we were writing, um, just like 
making sure that things kind of like made sense or that like you know even just like writing a recipe and making sure everything's in the ingredient list can be like staring at a painting for too long or something right. you know just like right. um so they were they were really great with that mm-hmm. and they and um yeah i think that was they were excited about most mm-hmm. of the odd mm-hmm. odd paths the book took. okay yeah. did they approach you or did you approach them we had an agent so mm-hmm. the agent took it around to multiple publishers and we talked about what we wanted to do mm-hmm. we had written a uh proposal mm-hmm. um so they had a sense everyone had a sense of what they were going to get into okay how many years ago was that i think it was like three years ago okay so it, t- it took a while yeah well mm-hmm. the pr- the process of writing proposal and really like nailing down what a book is can take a while mm-hmm. and then um and then it's funny you kind of work on it for eight months or maybe a year and then it goes away for uh-huh. a year and you're like what what happened and it comes back uh-huh. into your life okay some of it's also the cycle of when they want it to be released they yeah. want okay. it to be released in the spring or they want it to be released in the fall right so we were very early on the fall release yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense now how much did your experience at diner journal contribute to your ability to write a book to your knowing what you wanted to say oh. Um, I think that it's directly related. I think that mm. it was, we, you know, Andrew started the magazine because he w- he and Caroline Fidanza were interested in writing a cookbook mm-hmm. and instead decided that making a small journal um, quarterly would be more manageable, which is debatable. <laughs> um, and so, you know, f- for 10 years, we've been making food images. We've been cultivating food writing. We've been... Mm-hmm learning through writing about what we do and mm-hmm. so um and that was for me pretty unexpected you know i was working as a barista at marlon sons and i was like writing poetry or something mm-hmm. and working at mcnally jackson and then through the doing this magazine i really got to um get a, become a much better writer and mm-hmm. also really help people find their voice too so i you know mm-hmm. led me right into mm-hmm. this were you an english major I was a writing major. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is what you always yeah, wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. So that's great. Yes. It's very She's fun. a famous author. Yeah. <laughs> National bestseller. <laughs> oh, the crime. The crime yeah. novel. Yeah. If it's not crime, it's going to be poetry. Ah, okay. It's harder to get published in poetry. That's true. Yeah. That's so that, or to get famous. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the hardest path right. is the one. <laughs> that's a good that's idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> So what were the hard parts of the book, and what were the fun parts? Oh, I bet they're the same in a way. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the hard and fun part both was coordinating all those people. And, you know, we, we like, made all the food and did all those dinner parties in real time. Mm-hmm. So coordinating all those factors and then actually cooked the food in real time. So everything you're seeing in that book we ate and mm-hmm. made. Had people over. And you, and so you did again, you, even though they had been. No. no. Well, because they're based on menus that we, or dinners that we do often, mm-hmm. we did we did them again, invited people. We had an incredible um, set of photographers at, um, working with us, and so the, the everybody was on set. The pictures are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're really right. beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. It look, it look, you want to come to the parties. Yeah. They were really <laughs> wonderful to work with. Yeah. So, so you had – oh, so that was all a lot. So you yeah. were having the same menu parties again 
inviting people and shooting, shooting it. it. So right. imagine none of that food is fake in any context. We uh-huh. ate it all and everyone... So no food stylist type people. Not really, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amy, who was a prop stylist. Amy Wilson. Amy Wilson, and then, you know, Scarlett, who is a recipe editor, mm-hmm. certainly. But, you know, we all plated the food and we all oh, ate cool. it. Yeah, and Nicole and Michael, the photographers, also had a hand in that. That's so true, it was yeah. really mm-hmm. a group effort. Neat. Yeah. So and those Becky, must have been on Becky. And Becky Johnson, the art okay. director. So it was okay. fun. It was ah. a lot of So it was a lot parts. of parties. Yeah. <laughs> it was ten a lot of full moving days. Parties. Yeah. Uh, lots of parties. Was three it? to four a day. Oh, no, no, no. Was it really? Yeah, three yeah. to four a day. Oh, my gosh. So you couldn't even eat all the food. That's oh, we had other people lots come. Of people come. <laughs> Would you stage a party and then invite new people for the yes. next party so yes. that they'd have appetites? Totally. <laughs> totally. Rotating. We normally did three a day. What a fun time for fun. the guests. For everyone. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. That's well, why we want to make a movie because it felt very yeah. much like a movie production. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to take a break. Okay. Uh, before the break, I want to say that Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Heritage Radio Network, a member supported nonprofit radio station we devoted to all things food. And we need your support during our end of year fundraiser, which is going on right now. So please check online and join the station or donate what you can. And it's a great station to be involved with. And Amazing. I encourage everyone to join. So do I. So break time. Go. Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course and attracts students from such diverse countries as Australia, Venezuela, Ukraine, Canada, Sweden, Kenya, and India. Cheesemongering, cheesemaking, and affinage courses form the core curriculum. Sensory analysis training is practiced daily in every program. The Academy also offers insiders tours in New York, London, and Paris, where cheesemongers can meet their international peers and be inspired by different approaches to cheesemaking and retailing. In the United States, the Academy offers programs in California and Vermont. Our five-day program, Cheese from Pasture to Plate, will run in March 2017 in partnership with Point Reyes Farmstead Cheese and Cowgirl Creamery. The Life of Cheese in Four Days in June 2017 is our ongoing partnership with Jasper Hill Farm. Both of these hands-on courses are perfect for students preparing for the ACS Certified Cheese Professional Exam. Enrollment is open now and space is limited to 10. For more information and to apply for this and other courses, visit our website at academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Hi, Diane Stemple again, back with Anna Dunn and Andrew Tarlow from Dinner at the Long Table. Uh, So, Diner started in 1999. First day of 99. Last day of 98. 
Oh, last day. Okay, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Okay. Coming up and on our birthday. I was looking back to see when Roberta started. It was way later in 2008. Yeah. So you were like a visionary. No, just <laughs> a little ahead of the curve. No visionary. No visions. What were you thinking? I wasn't. That's the point. <laughs> so were you an artist? I was an artist. Okay. And still was, are. Yeah. Still are. Okay. Still make paintings. Okay. And so there's this dilapidated diner, right? Yeah. So I lived on Broadway, uh, and that diner had been vacant. And for the last two years when I was there, it had been, you know, it had been running as a restaurant in two different incarnations when I was down there. And I was I was working in the city, and I was looking to open a restaurant in the city mm-hmm. at that point. And then at some moment, I just sort of had this aha thing. I was like, why am I just trying to take this place? It's for sale. Mm-hmm. And then I took over, you know. And in, Williamsburg was, like, dangerous and nothing. Then. Williamsburg was dangerous and nothing. Yeah. And certainly you could have done whatever you wanted, which is probably similar to how these guys felt when they built this place. You could have done anything you wanted out there at mm-hmm. that moment. Right. Um, like even when we had cafe tables, I remember going to the community board and asking for the license to have a cafe permit. They never even heard of such a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's after us having tables out there for like three years prior <laughs> to that. I had went over to them and said, I think I need this legally. No one had ever said to us, you should do this. <laughs> Anyway, you could do whatever you want out there at that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. There was a moment there, and uh, anything was possible. Mm-hmm. And so how many years before, well, how long till you got to Marlowe? I think it's probably like eight to Marlowe. Basically, I opened Diner, and then I opened a restaurant called Bonita. Oh, which I was remember like a Bonita. couple of years after that. Mm-hmm. Amazing thing. This person walked into Marlowe and Sons today to ask for me. This woman named Clara Ramos. Mm-hmm. Clara Ramos was the first person, second person I probably hired for Bonita. Mm-hmm. She made the most amazing tamales and the most amazing mole. Mm-hmm. She's from Oaxaca mm-hmm. and she's looking for a job. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So Clara showed up today out of nowhere. Anyway, so Bonita, then. Marlowe and Sons, mm-hmm. then Marlowe and Daughters, mm-hmm. then the other Bonita, which became Romans, mm-hmm. then the White Hotel, somewhere in the middle of that Diner Journal, mm-hmm. then Achilles. Mm-hmm. Now, what what made you jump from restaurants to a hotel? I've always wanted to... <laughs> kind ex- of a jump. Yeah, it's a kind of a jump. I've been <laughs> wanting to extend the idea of hospitality and taking care of people to... Mm-hmm an experience that would happen overnight for a long time. I also felt for a while, well, prior to opening the hotel, that Williamsburg needed a hotel, and it would be a great thing. And there was there were very few people in the world at that moment who believed in what I was saying. They all thought I was crazy. And they <laughs> found two people who actually believed the same thing or had the same idea as I did, and they were crazy enough to partner up with me. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Hence, we have a hotel. And the hotel is beautiful. I mean, Thank it's you. constructed with all this phenomenal yeah. old stuff and done yeah. the right way. And We had a beautiful building to start with. Mm-hmm. I have two really smart business partners who are really good at developing and thinking about things and mm-hmm. really thoughtful about saving 
the old building and what to use and what not to use. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. we, it was really an amazing and still is an amazing project to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, is it a bad question to say? What's next? No. What do you think of the William Vale? <laughs> I love everything. You know, I'm a positive person. Okay. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm I happy mean, it's to have got more good neighbors. food in it. It's got, got good food. food. You know, Carmelini's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great neighbor. Yeah. I'm excited to have him there. It's just so different looking. It's a little different looking. <laughs> Maybe different's good, you know? Yeah. Diner was you different. You can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, miss that's it. true. That's true. Diner was different when we opened. That's true. It was very it is interesting. It's like you, what you make is always specific to what's there. It's created or like inspired by what's there already in a way. Mm -hmm. Like Achilles I work, I work in a contextual way. Right. Versus mm -hmm. like I have a thought and an imprint that I want to just like add to this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's diner. Diner. I love Achilles heel. Thank you. I, I lived in Greenpoint first when I moved to Brooklyn. But, uh -huh. but that's on a in a neighborhood that's going to be transformed any second, Achilles heel. It is in the process of being transformed as we speak. The whole road the is The whole road is like a wreck. It yeah, feels a little bit like yeah. a war zone going yeah. down there. Really hard to ride your bicycle down that street Yeah, right I can imagine. But half that street's going to be fully converted for pedestrian and bike, a bike road. Is that where they just that's where sold the new park, part of the park? No, that's... Further south, the, yeah, that's further south. But mm. the, but that road is going to be not all, all apartments. Well, just at least half the road is going to be for car, and then half the road is going to be for bikes and pedestrians, oh, okay. and surrounded okay. by apartments, okay. and surrounded by apartments, <laughs> tall ones, I yeah. think, and the sky, and constant sky. Okay, so I do have my next question: Is what's next? There's no next. So you're you're you. You've I mean, arrived. I've arrived. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't weird. believe you. I don't, weird. Yeah, that's weird. You have four children. I have four children. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of children. That's what's next: raising four children, being okay. really committed to them on a daily okay. basis. And don't you? It wasn't there a? You go home now. I always go home. No, but I mean, I imagine before you had kids, you could be at restaurants all night. Uh, I mean, didn't your lifestyle change? Yeah. Equally, you know, owning more restaurants, your schedule has to change anyway in terms of what I manage and what I have to think about. Right. right. I can't right. really necessarily take care of a single service every day. Right. Where do you go? Do you go to the same place every day? No. I do you go have everywhere. an office? I go. I have no office. Okay. It was really fun working There is at, an office. There's offices. <laughs> I Where don't is have an the office. office. Is it in the Wythe Hotel? There's an office in the Wythe. There's an office at Marlon Sons. Okay. But I had a great time working on the book because my house is right near Romans and I got to wake up, stay home, Anna would come over, we would write, we'd walk to Romans, which was closed, we'd make coffee, <laughs> we'd chat with the chef Dave, make some funny jokes, <laughs> go back, write, write some, some more. more, pick up kids in the bus get them ready for dinner and then it happens I worked like two or three nights at Romans during that process and then I'd work at Romans and I was like this is a great life I could do this every day <laughs> pare it down pare it down <laughs> write make lunch work pick up the kids pick up and kids do great. a shift yeah be awesome <laughs> that's what's next okay okay so you must be good at uh, delegating 
I am okay at delegating. <laughs> I see. Anna, come on, say it. I, I, yeah. Great at delegating. Mm-hmm. See, Anna doesn't like it. I've delegated to her. I she's, can she's imagine. Been, she's I on, the down, on the other side of the delegation. The delegation. Litigation. Now, how did the book change your life, and is it changed back? Or are you doing the writing hiatus to keep it going? Um, it has changed my life. Yeah, I guess in the in the sense that, just like Andrew was saying, I recognize that I really love doing it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel a stronger commitment to that work um, and to kind of like exploring it in many different ways in essay writing and mm-hmm. in making more books and in, in fiction writing. So mm-hmm. um, I think it really, like through the process of even just talking with the editors and the publishing company at 10 Speed and learning from them, I felt like, oh, these are conversations I, lo- I kind of love being in and like listening to and learning from. So um, it has changed in, the, in that sense that I just see a kind of like clearer path mm-hmm. for um, for creating more more things. Mm, yeah. Okay. And did it change your uh, work with Diner Journal at all? Did it get more fancier, more professional? or? Well, it's kind of taken over Diner Journal in a sense. I think right now it's kind of taken, um, it's come more into focus making books. So mm. uh, the magazine is a little bit on hold right now while we kind of like figure out what's next, okay. which is where we started. <laughs> where you started. Yeah. We want to make a movie. That's what's next. Anyone who's listening who wants us to be involved in making a movie, Anna and I have an amazing script. (laughs) Oh, you do? That's not crime fiction. It's based around food and ideas about coming together, and we would love to make this movie. People love food movies. People love food movies. People love food. Yeah. Okay. So you've got got the script. We're going to call it What's for Dinner. (laughs) Maybe not. No, we're not. No, we're not. I got a, I got a, I got a, Where did the clapping come from? Oh, uh, I've never had clapping before. So well. The crowd goes wild. Yeah. Make a movie. Everyone at Roberta's is cheering for us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think on that note, we'll say goodbye. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Andrew Tarler. Thank you, Anna thank Dunn, you. authors really of uh, Dinner at the Long Table. Is that what it's called? Yeah, That's yes. what it's called. Dinner at the Long Table. Yep. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank okay. you. So great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.